River Road, you got me running way back home. River Road, you got me running all night long. You got me singing some canal boat song. River Road, River Road, you got me running all night long. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Niner Nuts. I'm Dan, along with James. Say hello. What's up, everybody? As you know, we are two best buddies who are here to talk about the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Presumably, everybody listening watched this game, and we fell to the Kansas City Chiefs at home on Alumni Weekend to a tune of 44-23. not, not, I mean, realistically, I mean, you said last week you thought that we could pull it out. I was a little pessimistic in the past and this past weekend, but I didn't think it was going to be like this. I thought the momentum that was there all the way up until five minutes left in the third quarter was going to carry and it was going to be a little bit like maybe within 10 points. But, um, but no, there's a lot to dissect here. Um, so before we get into obviously what the, the nitty gritty, try to figure out like what we think went wrong with this game. Uh, I do want to start with um, a couple positives because there are still a couple positives that came out of this game. I thought uh, Nick Bosa came back and he got his seventh sack. He is on top of the sack leader list again. So even missing a game, that's just how dominant he was, even though one could argue that one sack didn't matter in the broad scope of this loss. <laughs> um uh, obviously, this was the first game with CMC playing on 48 hours notice, and he turned 10 touches into 64 yards. I saw a million reasons to get excited about him. I The doubts, not the injury part. I, you still have to worry about if he's going to get injured just because he's been injured the last two years. But honestly, if that's just a sample size of what we got out of CMC, I am so glad he's going to be our lead running back because we desperately need him. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, the last thing I'll say, um, I just want to shout out, um, well, two players. I'll kind of piggyback into two. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. A Mr. Irrelevant did take an officially statted NFL snap and pass, even though his quarterback rating was terrible. Hey, Mr. Irrelevant actually got onto the field when it mattered. (laughs) And that's the first in history that Mr. Irrelevant has thrown a pass. So I was, I am 66 yards. Yeah, I, I was wrong. I thought Mr. Irrelevant still wouldn't make a pass in the NFL when they drafted Brock Purdy. However, that's changed. And obviously now, um, we have a Mr. Irrelevant that has thrown a pass in the NFL. Yeah, so even though I was in garbage time in a, I would argue the game wasn't a blowout until we got to the last five minutes. It wasn't a top-down blowout like a traditional one is. But regardless, even in garbage time, Mr. Irrelevant's finally thrown an official pass. <laughs> and Mr. Irrelevant's also thrown an official interception. But <laughs> that aside, uh, I also want to shout out, remember when I called out Sam Womack at the end of uh, last week's, not the bonus episode, but uh, the the recap of the Falcons game? I told him, keep your head up. You're going to be fine. Everybody's got a bad game. He was the one that recovered the muffed punt on special teams. So even though nobody, including him, had a good game or a good game in uh, regards to pass defense, uh, 423 yards worth of a bad day, um, 
he he made it count. He made it count on special teams. Uh, he got us in great field position to at least try to get on top of the Chiefs uh, at that point, even though Jimmy threw a pick. But I'm highlighting Womack uh, was there to recover that muff punt. So, see, just positivity. I'm trying to be positive uh, for at least another 30 seconds before we really dive into just what the hell went wrong with this game. Uh, do you want to start with uh, just your general thoughts on this? Like, what what did you see in all this uh, this mess? Well, the offense looked better, I think, this week, being as they were at home. I mean, I know Jimmy had an interception. Uh, the defense, you know, um, I think they, you know, that one play where Traverius Ward got beat is really what turned the game out of their favor. Um, and possibly the, the 50 yard uh, MVS catch. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, when I saw that, it was, I was just like, wow, the 49ers usually don't give up that play. And the fact that it was Traverius Ward, like, it was surprising. So obviously, like, do you remember me texting our group chat? He literally did not practice until Friday. And on Friday, it was a limited capacity because I had the, I had this theory too that, he definitely shouldn't have been playing like the, the the way the whole defense got torched in the back end. I saw Tayshawn Gibson get picked on a bunch. The Amador Lenore was out of his depth. Uh, Hufanga did get a pick, but he was a non-factor. And yeah, Traverius Ward, he was burnt toast at the end of the game. He clearly wasn't playing at 100%. Yeah, obviously. Like, that was just a definite miscue by him that really swung so much momentum towards the Chiefs' favor that it was pretty much insurmountable. Um, you know, as I was watching the game, you know, and I know, like, when I talk about this, this really only accounts for five points, but if you think about it, if the five points were there, because the five points would have came um, in the early parts of the game, this game could have been a little bit different if we think about these five points. And where I say Kyle Shanahan left points on the table, the first drive of the the first drive of the first quarter, it was fourth and three inside the 10. He decides to kick a field goal. It's the first drive of the first quarter. You're at home. The Chiefs are showing that they basically cannot stop your offense. You're just driving down the field on them and you kick a field goal in that moment. It's fourth and three. Like they, they literally just drove down the field on them and they're going to stop at fourth and three inside the 10 to kick a field goal. Like and no. it's against the chiefs that don't kick field goals. They only score touchdowns. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, like points are a premium with the chiefs. So you need to like, you need to go for it on, on those things. You need to be an aggressive coach. And if you're going to be, you know, teams like the Chiefs, if you do make it to the Super Bowl, which we I still believe this team can, that's how you beat good teams nowadays, especially with an average quarterback. Like if you like that's I mean, you look at Super Bowl 52, Nick Foles versus Tom Brady, like on paper. Like, that is a mismatch. And how did the Eagles win that game? It wasn't because they stopped Tom Brady. It was because they were aggressive and went for touchdowns and not stupid field goals, especially early on in the game. Philly Special 
is in the first half, you know? And that's how you beat good teams when you're undermanned, especially at quarterback. That's that's very, very fair. That's a very fair point. I I was I didn't think about that specifically, but um I, I will agree with you that the offense definitely had a little more tempo to it, but when push came to shove and the Chiefs got better, like it reminded me of how the Chiefs um kind of let the Bucks hang with them during their Sunday night football game, but then just I don't remember a specific play, but they got clicking and they made that I think they were the number one defense at the time, maybe. I I was shocked we were going into this game, by the way. But that Bucks defense, top three, they sliced through them like Swiss cheese and they blew them out just the same way we did. Dropped a 40 burger. Um we ended up scoring more points than the Bucks did that game, I think. But um our offense was just not aggressive enough. Like it it didn't get out of hand until halfway into the third quarter. No, but uh, just that that domino effect, just score after quick score after quick score that our defense was just so gassed. It's kind of like with Atlanta. Just we have the weaponry. Do you just not trust Jimmy G or are you so stubborn with this formula that you came up before the game? Like, no, we have to control the clock. No, you have to score points at this rate when after we finally score our touchdown, they score a touchdown after a 50 yard kick return three plays later. Like we got to go a little more up tempo. We have no excuse with Brandon. Ayuk, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and now Christian McCaffrey. We got, we got no excuse. And, and there was another point left on the table as well, where analytically minded coaches would have gone for it. We, we saw, Nick Sirianni go for it in the Eagles game against Dallas. Now, he didn't get it, but at the same time, these are things that winning coaches do in the moment that also creates momentum. It puts trust in your team. It gets them going. That says, you got, we believe in you, that I believe in you. And that second, it was one point. Yes, it would have given you one point, but we already talked about four that you, could, that you left on the table. The one point happened. The 49ers had just scored a touchdown, and there was a roughing the passer penalty on the same play. Now, they decided to take it on the kickoff, which I don't know why you would do that when essentially if you take it on the point after try and you try for a two-point conversion, guess where you get the ball? You get it on the one-yard line. You have the best off one of the best offensive lines in the freaking game. You could QB sneak it and get an extra point. You get two points off of that. And or use check could have dived, or you could have faked a handoff to use check and then throw to Christian. Like surely Christian has been in two point conversion tries before. Like yeah, there, there, you know, and those types of plays not only do they get you points, but it puts confidence in your team if they get it. Even if they don't get it, there's confidence in them that you as a coach trust your players in these situations to go out and dominate and get points and just point just put up the score and being these games, it does. It creates this culture where, like, we can do anything and our coach trusts us. I mean, and Doug Peterson did it in Philly. Nick Sirianni's doing it in Philly. I mean, good coaches that that want to win in this league, especially if you have an average quarterback, you need as many points as you can get against the Chiefs 
you need to try for as many points as you can get against the Chiefs. Now, and so in that in those two moments, like I felt, you know, and this is the second week where I felt that Kyle really wasn't he 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 he's, he doesn't seem like he it more or less seems like he tries to play not to lose than to win. Like that's sort of where like I like he he wants to make decisions that won't lose in the game, but he's not making decisions that won't win him the game. And so those two opportunities, like he, I don't know if he's ever going to change his mind, but like that's where you know that's where good coaches nowadays are going, and that's that's how you beat teams like the Chiefs, you know, by scoring points, by going for touchdowns and things like that, and. You're not going to you're not going to beat the Chiefs by kicking field goals and not going for it on two when you have 1 yard to go. Like it's just is is to me that's like bad coaching. Like that's the old way of coaching. Like we we got to sort of progress into the new way of coaching. That's a very fancy way of or a more succinct way of saying uh grind it out, run a lot, punctuate it with a score, but kill them with paper cuts instead of uh, like a sledgehammer. Like this is the way that Kyle likes to play though. And I've seen it a lot. Kyle would much rather kill you with a bunch of paper cuts and destroy the clock. And then trust his defense is going to get the, the opposition off the field very fast. We can just get the ball back and then just kill the clock. And now two weeks in a row, it's come to bite him in the butt because when there needs to be a little bit of urgency, he can rationalize it any way he wants. It it show it, it comes off like there's a lack of faith in Jimmy that he can make these throws, which you could argue he can't because Jimmy does throw some boneheaded passes every game. He's guaranteed to throw at least two or three, like he did in this game. But at the same time, like when you've witnessed your defense getting so gashed. Like, especially with the way the tone was set right after halftime, the Chiefs scored so fast. It was like, oh, okay, we're on a different level on this in the second half. They're not messing around anymore. They're not going to give us a free pick. They're, no, we got to do something different. And, yeah, guess what? He didn't. He didn't really adjust. Like, it's frustrating. But I do, I do want I did this this kind of leans me into one thing I did want to ask you was um specifically about the offensive line. Um I don't know if you feel confident enough to say like this affected coaches decisions, but the way that the Chiefs were dialing up blitzes, I noticed especially as the game kept going along, they were working and they were working really really effectively. They were giving our offensive line, which I agree has been playing very very well for how young they are in the core they were giving them a headache and Trent Williams, even he gave up the one sack he gave up was the safety, which was just a horrible timing. Just uh Dunlap. I think it was Carlos Dunlap. I think was the one who yeah. sacked him. That was, yeah. he just beat Trent so bad on that. And at that point I was just like, Oh my God, Trent Williams is getting beat for a sack. Like what is, what else can go wrong in this game now? But um on the right side, I want to call out Mike McGlinchey. Like, if you if you want to feel bad for one specific person or call out one person for having like probably the worst game uh, on an individual level, Mike McClinchy, our right tackle, who did spend a lot of this week like limited in practice because he had a leg injury from Atlanta, 
Oh my God, dude. I was, I was wondering why he wasn't benched because he got called for holding twice. He was mm-hmm. constantly letting pressure get to Jimmy. He, he's probably going to, I wouldn't be surprised. I haven't seen any grades yet, but he, I wouldn't be surprised if he was bottom five horse performers of the week. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the offensive line pass protection really wasn't, really wasn't good. And it's probably, it's probably because of the fact that, you know, we don't have, a, you know, uh, a center anymore. We don't have Alex Max. It was. Yeah, Alex Alex Mack retired after last year, and now we got uh, Brendel in the middle, and then two very young guys, a second year in Mack and a rookie in Buford, and then Trent and uh, McGlinchey. Like I said, they are veterans, but they both. <laughs> Trent just got back from the high ankle sprain and McGlinchey got hurt last week. And I frankly was surprised he wasn't rolled out for this game. And cause he sure played like he was supposed, he tongue tied. He sure played like he should have been out. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they don't trust those guys behind them and that's really what it is. And, you know, to, yeah, the blitz was, was pretty bad. Um, you know, Steve Bagnola for the, uh, uh, for the Chiefs is a really good defensive coordinator. You may remember him from the uh, 07 uh, Giants run because he was the defensive coordinator that took down Brady and the undefeated team. Um, oh yeah, at the time. I, I'm very I'm familiar with. I can't I can't go year to year where he's been, but um, didn't he didn't he have a stint uh, with the Raiders and just one of those coaches that got churned out of there or Cleveland. I feel like he, he went to St. Louis when the Rams were in St. Louis before he was the coach before Jeff Fisher. Uh, after, after the, after they won the Super Bowl, he, he got picked up by St. Louis as the coach, but he didn't really do much there. And as soon as he left there, um, he ended up back with Andy Reid in, um, in Kansas city. Um, and oh, okay. he's, he's been the coordinator there since. So, I mean, uh, hey, uh, what was that, Steve? When we were texting Steve a while ago, he was just like, yeah, there's plenty of coaches that should just stick with being a coordinator just for whatever reason. And he definitely is top tier defensive coordinator. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, the guys won two Super Bowls now, I believe, you know, as a defensive coordinator. So, um, but anyway, like, he dialed up some schemes uh, to uh, basically get the 49ers out of their comfort zone. Um, and then once, once he, had to make, be- he had to make Jimmy, he made Jimmy make quick decisions, which that's the best way to stop Jimmy is to make him hesitate and have to think on the fly in the moment and force things. Cause clearly, yeah. I, yeah, I've, I've seen it plenty, plenty of times. Jimmy will throw a duck if you get a free man on him. Well, you know, I think maybe ha- hopefully in the coming weeks having CMC uh, will help him with that. If they leave him as like a hot read or something like that when the blitz is coming, like he can just dump it out to Christian McCaffrey if he sees the blitz coming. Like on that one, they had one play. There was a play where he did that. Like the blitz came, CMC was to his right. He just tossed it out to his right in the hot read and CMC got a couple, got some yards uh, for them, but oh yeah, that's... for P- for PPR players in fantasy, Christian McCaffrey is about to be a gold mine for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I you know the offense, you know, like especially for the first three quarters of this game, this was a pretty tightly closed 
play game. And so there were points left on the table. And basically, you know, the Chiefs got away with it at the end. And it it was basically the 49ers were knocked out in the final round um, once they got to the fourth quarter. Uh, But, I mean, for three quarters, the team held its own. And it would have been tied going into that fourth quarter if Kyle doesn't leave those points on the table. Right. I I mean, did you which play did you say? Did you think the momentum really swung? Because I think we disagreed on what play that was. Well, I think my I think the momentum really, really swung when I believe you guys were you guys were up uh or not you guys were up. It was thirty no, it was it was twenty-eight to twenty-three at the time, and Charvarius Ward gave up a deep bomb, a deep pass. The the MVS catch. Yeah, the MVS catch. I believe that's when it happened. Like I don't really know. Like I think that's when the momentum, like you know, because then you guys got it, and then you got the safety, and then like did that? Ha- I want to say it happened before the sa- before the safety, if I remember correctly. Um, I have to scroll through my uh, my play by play notes because I took most of my notes as the game went on was just infuriated. Um, <laughs> I think I have I think I have three notes in the fourth quarter. No, I no, not the fourth quarter. Um, uh, yeah, we got a touchdown and then MVS. Uh, it was after Bosa uh, sacked Mahomes, at least the way my notes go. They go finally touchdown Kittle, only a five point game. Bosa sack. And then, yeah, MVS killed Ward on third down again. Because yeah. really, I since we might as well. Um, oh, yeah, and I wrote so much for that momentum swing, 35-23. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, that's... that's... You want to you highlight one specific thing that really killed this game? Like, I, full disclosure, you know I hate penalties. We had a lot of penalties. But the reason I'm not saying the penalties were what killed us is because the Chiefs had a lot of penalties, too. Um, it was third down, third down defense. But I, unless you can counter that, our defense on third down was so atrocious. Multiple times, it was further than third and ten, like third and fifteen, third and twenty, third and. Well, 12. yeah, there was a third and twenty on that screen uh, play. Uh, it was third and twenty, and he just Derek McKinnon almost he he was stopped at the two. Like, yeah, he nearly scored on the third and 20 screen, a third and 20 screen. Like, like the the MVS catch that the there was a early on a uh, Travis Kelsey third and like 10 that he took for like almost 30. Um, We just my God, our third down defense was terrible. And speaking of screens, our screen and sweep defense was just non-existent either. Oh, that was what I was saying. Just <laughs> uh, yeah. No, our our screen. I thought the internet crashed for a sec. Uh, yeah. but no, did you notice that like two or three of the touchdowns were just sweeps or screens? Like just set up a wall and McCole Hardman just went through like a wrecking ball. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, the thing about it is one of the things you should look out for on a third and twenty is a screen. Like that's one of the most common plays that offensive coordinators do because basically they're hoping 
for that, but most of the time that's what they do in hoping for that, and it gets smothered out. Um, they run a screen because basically they're hoping for that, but you know they basically are sort of giving up, you know, by not throwing towards the sticks, and you know they they want to change fill position by you know doing a screen, and so you should as a defensive coordinator you should be looking out for that, like that you know, you know, and as a player like you should be looking out for you know screens on third and longs like it's just one of the most common plays that offensive coordinators do so you know uh credit to the execution of the chiefs but also you know D'Amico ryan's you know i don't know if he didn't have his guys ready or understanding like that's a time when usually offensive coordinators go to the screen but like well, this that, is the same defense that didn't put a spy on Marcus Mariota on his own, what, third and third and third fifteen and eight, or third, third and eighteen, third and eighteen. <laughs> yeah. Like so this is two weeks in a row where, you know, either what we don't know, I mean, I think the spy definitely was a bad call. So we know there wasn't a spy on that play. But the screen covering a screen on third and twenty, you know, I hope D'Amico Ryan's told him, and it's just an execution by the 49ers, lack of execution to blow up that screen. Um, you know, but I mean, really, you know, those are things like the, I would say the Atlanta Falcon games, not putting a spy that's on D'Amico Ryan's. You've got to have somebody accounted for a mobile quarterback, but at the same time, the screen, like, you know, Players need to execute. They need to be on the look for that. And maybe D'Amico Ryan said, hey, watch out for the screen. And the guys were like, okay. And they saw the screen coming. The Chiefs just executed better. But, like, those, screen is one of the most common things to be done on third and longs. It is. Yeah. No. And they, I think I even said that in our text, that just whatever they wanted to do, they executed. Nick Bosa got a sack and it didn't matter. We got an interception and it didn't matter. Even though, again, yeah, we were within five points, but once we finally got that clicking on offense, uh, a quarter and a half left of the game, this defense was just clearly gassed. We we had no rush to speak of. I've not missed Ark Armstead more in the middle of the line more than I have in this game and Javon Kinlaw to an extent too because there was no presence outside of Bosa. And I routinely saw that he got double teamed. So he was pretty much out of it. Ekubom made no noise this week. Um, just in whatever the rotation, I can't even remember who the starters were in the middle. Our rush needs our, our pass rush needs some needed some juice. Our interior needs to help take the pressure off the, off the outside, because now those two starters are gone. Ekubom definitely deserves to be a starter credit to him. And then, I, I don't know, with no pressure coming effectively on Mahomes, yeah, that's going to be hard for the backs. The backs can only hold so well, especially with Traverius Ward playing at half, and then Yamador Lenore shouldn't be a starter. Uh, God, I miss Mosley now, too. <laughs> God, I'm so mad that Mosley tore his ACL. Not that it was his fault, obviously, but no, we just, I, I don't know. The Chiefs, we came in thinking we were healthier and I mean to an extent we were but man they found every single one of our weak spots they great they clearly game prep pretty well this wasn't even after a bye week like I don't know it, 
I don't know. You could, I guess you could argue even if you want to spin it this way that Andy Reid again outcoached Kyle Shanahan. Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, Andy coached one... the coached him in circles. <laughs> I mean, Andy Reid's one of the greatest coaches of all time. Like, it, it's you know, and he still got it. He still got it. Unlike Bill Belichick, he still got it. And you don't believe you know, in Zappy? <laughs> no, I. I mean. <laughs> I, I like that's just Bill Belichick. They're about, I don't, to, they're about to play in half an hour. We can see if Zappy's gonna uh, usurp Mac Jones. <laughs> well, you know, I think Zappy is coming into generational money right about now. Like that's what that's what it's going to be. I mean, I I've always said there's two people you shouldn't get a quarterback from. Like if you if somebody's trading you a quarterback. And is Bill Belichick or Andy Reid just say no because they they will scam you on quarterbacks. They really will. I mean, and God, you should. So funny. It is though. It's true. If you first of all, if you look at Andy Reid's record at trading quarterbacks, he's won the trade every single time. Doesn't matter who he drafted or whatever happened. He's won the trade every single time. Like he traded. He traded Donovan McNabb for a second and a fifth. Now, we didn't get anything out of those players, but Washington was, I mean, Washington had to put Rex Grossman in the game because Donovan McNabb couldn't run a two-minute offense. Like, and then there was Kevin Cobb. He sold Kevin Cobb to the Cardinals for a second and Dominic Rogers Cromartie, you know? So he sold AJ AJ Feely to the Dolphins for a second round pick, like, and then he sold Alex Smith to the then Redskins, you know, for like a second and a third. I forget, but like, do Wait, not... Ale- Ale- Alex Smith. Yeah, Alex Smith got traded from Kansas City to the oh. to the Redskins. Like, right? No, I for some reason I was just like, wait, he wasn't an Eagle. I yeah, I completely like, brain farted. He there. got that traded. Was my from, bad. He got traded from the Chiefs to the Redskins. And then yes. you look at you look at Bill Belichick. Like Bill Belichick traded Matt Castle for like a, a second round pick. And look at him. Like he had yes. one good season in Kansas City. And then, you know, he I what he sold Jacoby Brissett, right? Jacoby Brissett he traded. Did he trade Jacoby Brissett or did he cut him? Um Oh, Bill no, uh Bill traded him to Indy. So he traded in the Indy. What is jo- Jacoby Brissett? What did he ever do for Indy? You know, and, he was he was fine. He wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah, but I he mean, was, he was passable. He was fine. <laughs> and now, and he traded he traded Jimmy to John Lynch for a second because Robert Kraft didn't want to trade Tom Brady. You know, but honestly, you like I've like I've said, never buy a quarterback from Andy Reid or Bill Belichick. And if Zappy plays well, somebody's gonna come calling and want want to trade picks for him. I'm gonna say, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now, don't do it. Stay away from them because one thing those guys do is get the most out of their players, and they're good at building offenses to support those players. You know, for a a short amount of time. And one of the criticisms on Tom Brady was that he was a system quarterback because Matt Castle went 11 and five when Tom Brady went, was injured, you know? And so, yeah, my, my, if I were a GM, 
I would not be calling Andy Reid or Bill Belichick for a quarterback. Fair. I I think very fair. And this is just going to amp that stock like you're going to I because they're playing the Bears like no, I can see it now. The stock is just going to go up. Um but this is not a Bears or a Patriots podcast. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm just um god, I've been not dread I like taping this show. I've been dreading trying to cipher through this and i honestly i'm looking at the box score and all that um i already complained about the well no it's not worth complaining about the penalties because like i said they were offsetting when i objectively looked at it even though god we shot ourselves in the foot so many times the chiefs did too but i so many penalties they were so sloppy especially on defense like yes mcglinchy got beat real bad on offense but um what the hell was going on with lining up in the neutral zone twice? Why did they – did you see Bosa line up in the neutral zone? Yeah, it was funny because he lined up in the neutral zone, and then the very next play, I'm like, he's in it again. Like, I, I literally looked at it, like, as the play was going around, I was like – Okay, so you could tell he definitely I, – I mean, I don't know. Maybe I just didn't look close enough at it. Like, when he when – he, like, I didn't see it the first time, but when when he came back again – and lined up in the neutral zone, I was like, he's going to get called for it again. His hand's literally on the line, and his helmet's in the way past the neutral zone. Like, it's almost in the offensive lines area. Like, I knew he was – the second time, yeah, I knew he was going to get called because it was obvious that he was in the neutral zone. Like, okay. I, like, I, I, I just wasn't paying that much, that close attention then, I guess. I <laughs> Yeah, I like, he lined up in the neutral zone, okay. He lined up in again. I was just like, what are you doing, Nick Bosa? So, um, so yeah, he did the first time. I'm not really sure. He probably did. They usually don't call lining up in the neutral zone unless you actually do. Like, it's just one of, I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody do that. Um, also, you know, we talk about special teams, the special teams, I'm going to give them an average grade on this game because, um, they did at they did at one point get out coached. Like I don't know if you remember the play where um, the, the forty 50, the fifty yard return in the second half. Well, not the just the fifty yard return, but also uh, the field goal that Robbie Gold was about to attempt, and the Chiefs all they did was shuffle their feet. Like they just they lined up in formation, and then all of them at the same time switched their feet causing the linemen to false start yep. which then took them out of field goal range uh so they had to punt the ball and then but the thing about it is the 49ers got the ball back because um the punter purposely kicked the knuckle ball and that caused the um the receiver to uh muff the kick and the 49ers got it so i say you know it was sort of a wash you know, because of that play, because that really is a, that really, I mean, he purposely kicked the knuckleball, like, for that reason, to have him muff the kick, and that, you know, that ended up getting the 49ers, did that get the, that got a 49er touchdown out of that, right? No, no, Womack fell on it, and yeah, no, that was a phenomenal turn of events, but um, I think it was two plays later, Jimmy was about to get smoked, so he tried to lob a fade to uh, Kittle, but it didn't have enough momentum on it, and it got picked. Oh, okay. I thought the pick happened after the 
49ers intercepted the ball. Um, no, that was a little later. Um, I'm trying to. It was later. Right before, that was a. Um, oh, <laughs> you'll like this series of notes. What a false start on a kick! Come the f on. <laughs> uh, and then there you go, Womack. Uh, told you you have a bounce back, which yeah, I still stand by that. And then stop playing with my heart. Don't force that under pressure, Jimmy. Pick. <laughs> And then it was a couple plays later I wrote, uh, well, crap, uh, Diamador Lenore is down. That stops the clock and costs us a timeout. Fantastic. <laughs> I was I was just so... Obviously, by the fourth quarter, I was just wait. I, I was probably... Yeah, when Brock Purdy came out, I saw... I wanted to witness him throw his first pass. And then after that, I was just waiting. I really was just waiting for the clock to burn out. I, I watched it because I'm a true fan, but... I was just so mentally checked out, like just looking through my notes and just like, well, this is going to be a fun show to tape tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) But, Uh, but no, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I'm trying to stay positive about this, but um, I don't know. I'm a little harsher on the the special teams because they just, for two weeks now, kind of like the defense kind of screwed up two weeks in a row. The special teams to me, they're, they're showing some cracks. I don't know how uh, the Panthers, no, three weeks in a row, the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Chiefs now, somebody's figuring out how we cover or we're getting wax in covering because we're letting kick returners and punters get a lot more yards than we did at the at the start. But yes, not Womack's recovery withstanding, but um, so I and the punter And the punter too, you got to give credit to the punter for purposely kicking a knuckleball. Yeah, no, oh no. I think Wisnowski has a great chance to make the Pro Bowl, honestly. I mean, I'd sure maybe call that just naive, but I I don't I would love to see someone else. Well you gotta uh, remember there is no Pro Bowl anymore. Well, there's still the honor, isn't there? You still get the honor of being named a Pro Bowler, don't you? I don't think so. I think now it's just all pro. I don't think people are I mean, are people voting so that people No, get you get you the- get invited to the skills competition though. Oh, okay. I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the, entirely scrubbed. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, like, okay. Yeah. He gets invited to the skill position. Whoop de doo. I'm not saying the event is still stupid. I'm saying you still get the honor, though. Like the NBA, you still get two honors. There's the AP but, All Pros and but, or All NBA, whatever. But are they really gonna have a kicker like skills competition? Like, are they really gonna have like a punter? Like what? What does the I want to see Mitch do? Wisnowski in a dodgeball game? I'd love to see that. <laughs> I mean, that dude's so but, tall. But congratulations, you're a Pro Bowler. But we're gonna put you in a flag football game where you're not gonna, you know, like, like I don't know. The NFL's ridiculous. The, the honor of being named to the Pro Bowl, no, not quite as glamorous as All Pro, but it's still like an acknowledgement that like you were one of the best players in this league. Like, so yeah. I still like it for that even though you undercut yourself with uh, the alternates like Mitch Trubisky and Tannehill getting all or getting pro ball nods. But I, I don't know. That's neither here nor there, but, um, but no, yes, Wichnowski and Womack had a good game, but, um, and I don't know. I, I'm, I'm running out of things to say about this game. I didn't think Jimmy cost us the game. I would, I will agree with you that coaching probably cost us this game more than any, well, coaching and just the, I don't know. Something was in the water this game. And once once 
once it started to swing and Kansas City started to see our cracks, we didn't mold them back. We didn't cover them up. We just let it keep crumbling. And I just felt really bad for all the guys. They just were, I don't know, they just seemed so gassed, especially after halftime with, again, how that momentum shift like started right then. Just like, yeah, we're going to score in less than two minutes. What are you going to do? And then there was... <laughs> And then, yeah, no, we, I really was amazed we got it to five points before it went to 21, or I can't, I can't math well, um, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever 23 minus 44 is, 20 or 21 points, it's just, ugh, that was, I don't know, I'm ready to, I'm ready to worry about the Rams, I, I don't know, I'm ready to worry about the Rams, but before we do that, um, and wash ourselves of this game, uh, uh, James, where is the word from our sponsor? What have, what do they have to say? If you're in the Melbourne, Florida area, reach out to Ali Catino at Madison Allied Real Estate, 321-698-4692. When I was shopping for a home in the Rockledge, Florida area, I told Ali how much I wanted to pay for a house. She respected my price range and did not try to persuade me to go above my budget. She's a great realtor that will get you to a house you love at a price you can afford. That's Ali Catino at Madison Allied Real Estate, 321-698-4692, 321-698-4692. And that means, do we have any music? Do we have any music? No, no I've music. I've never had a music cue for Jimmy Bush. <laughs> <laughs> Need a music cue for Jimmy B's long shots. Okay, so let's, Jimmy let's B's look, long let's look shots. Let's into that. <laughs> All right, so Jimmy B has some bonus funds in his account, uh, you know, for the Phillies winning the National League. So I've decided. Congratulations, by the way. I was, I was, I wanted to save that for the end, but congratulations. You have a reason to to celebrate, dude. Congrats on winning your uh, conference pennant. It is, it is notable that you know. That because of the like I wanted on bonus funds, I've decided to take bigger swings, and and so I I made two football bets that are parlays. Now, if you you know you don't really have to take these; these are long shot parlays. But if you want a strictly football parlay, we're uh, we're gonna try this, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna try doing a seven team parlay for division winners. Uh, so at Bavada, you can get the Kansas City Chiefs minus 425, the Eagles at minus 400, the Bills at minus 900, the Bengals at plus 160, the Vikings at minus 700, the Falcons at plus 400, and the Niners at plus 125. Yes, I still think the Niners are going to win this division because the rest of the division looks kind of blah, and I think... Um, I think the 49ers have the best roster. You're not buying that... into the Geno Smith magic yet? <laughs> no, I'm not buying into that. I think um They're I on think... top of the division right now, just to just to let you know. <laughs> yeah, but by what? A tiebreaker? Like it's it's a stupid tiebreaker. Like that's what they got... have the best I think they have the best record right now. You keep talking, I'm gonna look it up. Um I think they I don't think that they I don't think they have the best record. I think it's by tiebreaker that they um oh here we go i have it right here um they do they are four and three and everyone else is three 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 four three four and we are currently third behind the rams but we're better than kiff kingsbury and his terrible cardinals well okay but still the best odds the best odds at bavada to get the division winner are between the rams and the and the 49ers and really if you look 
if you look at who probably has the best roster to make it out of there alive, I think it's the 49ers. Like, just up and down. I think their defense is better. I think with CMC, their offense is going to look better. So you can get the Niners at plus 125, which is really not that far behind the Rams, which the Rams, I believe, are at plus 115. So take a chance on a parlay, division winners. If you don't like my division winners, hell, just, you know, put a parlay together for division winners if you, if you think you can predict futures um, like me. So that's my that's my uh, parlay there. My other parlay um, is a three-team parlay which I'm taking a shot on because I'm a Philly fan, so don't don't feel the obligation to do this. But you can get the Eagles to win the Super Bowl at plus 500, uh, the Philadelphia Union to win the MLS, MLS Cup, which they are the number one seed, and they have home field advantage in the playoffs, and they are undefeated at home. Okay? So they are undefeated at home, and they're plus 225. They are the second favorites to win the whole MLS Cup. And you can bet the Phillies to win the World Series at plus 141. That parlay um, that parlay on a $50 bet pays out $2,300. Now, you can bet a little... Ooh. Like, yeah, the odds are insane. <laughs> I, need my, I need my church lady fan for that. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So those are my bets. That's what I'm taking a risk. It's bonus money, really... You don't, I'm not saying go out there and these these are probably going to happen, but Jimmy B decided to take a risk and go for some real winnings instead of these $10 dink and dunks, which are, I guess, were bonus funds. Like, I didn't even know that. I didn't even know bonus funds, That that's what they did, but can't win out that way. So anyway, but let's get down to just single long shots. All right, so the Bengals, I looked at their record, right? I looked at their record. I look right now, they are behind the Ravens only by a tiebreaker um, in the division, which was a head-to-head tiebreaker that they played. So, and both the Ravens and the Bengals have similar schedules, a lot of easy, winnable games for them. Um, And the final game between them is at the very end of the year, in Cincinnati. So that's why I have them winning the division, because I think if the records play out, that that game at the end of the year in Cincinnati is going to be for the division. And because it's at home, I'm going to give Cincinnati the edge. But if you like, if that means they'll get into the playoffs. And when you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. So the Bengals to win the AOC right now is plus 1,200. Uh, plus 1,200 for the uh, Bengals to win the AFC. Niners are still plus 1,400 to win the Super Bowl. I still think they have a realistic chance of winning the Super Bowl. Now that they have CMC, John's pushed all his chips to the front of the table. They're going for it this year, and they're going to do everything that they can to win this thing this year. You can still get the Niners at plus 1,400. We know the Niners are usually a second-half football team. Once they get through the first half of the season, they start to make a push towards the end. Um and I think they'll still make the playoffs. If they don't win the division, seven teams get into the playoffs. And so they could easily get into the playoffs as a wild card. We saw what they did as a wild card going on the road last year. So Niners to win the Super Bowl, plus 1,400, still not a bad bet. And I have an interesting one because I'm an Eagles fan. 
But you can get the Giants to win the NFC East for plus seven fifty right now. Um, little ten dollar bet gets you seventy five bucks on that one. The Giants have been winning close games. So in, during the year, some teams exceed on that. Next year, they're probably not going to win as close of games. These close games, but right now, uh, they're right behind the Eagles at five and one in the division. They're second place. Their schedule is still pretty easy. Um, if you look at their schedule, they have a relatively easy schedule going forward. Um, and they could, if they beat the Eagles, uh, win the division. Like it's going if if they beat the Eagles once, then the game in Philadelphia at Philly is going to be for the division, most likely. And you never know, Giants could win plus seven fifty for the Giants to win the NFC East. I'm not taking it and my parlay, but if you if you think the Giants have what it takes to beat the Eagles, which I did say plus 1,800 for the Giants to be the first one to hand the Eagles a loss, um, you know, maybe you like the Giants a little bit better than I do and you take them to actually win the NFC East at plus 750. I absolutely dig it. I love it. Um, sorry if you saw my eyes explode. Um, I have a little bit of news. It's not 49ers related, but... Um, I did see some news that I'm going to share uh, after I remind everybody where our next game is. Next week, right before Halloween on the 30th, we are going to be at L.A., which is going to somewhat be a home game because we travel very well to L.A. historically. At 4.30 uh, East Coast time, that's going to be a 1.30 West Coast game. We're facing the Rams again. Both of our Rams games are going to be done at the halfway mark. God bless the schedule makers. That's the nice way I'm going to say that. I don't know why these two games were put this far ahead, but I positive energy. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of this as what happened last year, that this could be that pivotal moment for us to really energize and have some energy to go into the bye week and then carry that out through the rest of the season. Because really, like we've talked about before, the rest of the season is not that bad. The Cardinals, Saints, Dolphins, Bucks, Seahawks, Commanders, Raiders, Cardinals again. And we don't play the Cardinals in Arizona. We play them in Mexico and we play them at home. Thank God for that. But really, I the Chargers are the only team that really scares me besides the Rams. The, the rest of the schedule dolphins i mean the dolphins only scored 16 points against the steelers we're still a month away from them but um at the same time i want to think of this game as a mulligan we went against the chiefs the only harder team out there are the bills and the eagles like really they're the they were the only two teams that would have scared me the way that the chiefs did going into this game and we held our own pretty well until the wheels fell off so we'll regroup get a little bit healthier Regardless of the outcome, we're going to have a bye week, and then we're going to be in prime time against the Chargers. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't know how. How are you feeling looking at all this? Like after this excruciating loss that we just went through? I mean, I mean, kind of, kind of in the same boat as I am. I think, I think the 49ers, I am in the same boat as you because I think the 49ers, with this schedule going out the rest of the way, will be able to. If they beat the Rams like this week, going out the going out the rest of the way, it they can win the division. The division is horrible right now, 
And the fact that Seattle is on top, you know, I don't think that's sustainable for Seattle. I don't think the way they're doing things will be sustainable. And I think, you know, I think we're going to end up on, I think the 49ers are going to end up on top of the division. That's where I see things going, which, you know, will be good for the 49ers because they get a home playoff game. But the Rams don't seem to beat you in the, uh, in the regular season. You still own them. Don't take don't take that for granted. But yes, historically you are right. We only lost to them by three points. By the way, by three points in the NFC Championship. So we didn't even get blown out by them. We do yeah. play our we do tend to play our best against them. But you know, here's the thing. Like if you, I'm not going to pick against the 49ers with the Rams in the regular season until the Rams can show me that they can beat the 49ers. Like that's just that's just where we're at right now. And so I would pick the 49ers to win this game. That would leave them at, you know, four and four, right? Through the first eight weeks of the season. Yeah, right? dead split even at four, four. Four and four. And then looking at the rest of their schedule, they could definitely make a run of this and win win the division. And so I think the 49ers are going to get tough. That's why I put them in my parlay, you know, as the team to win the division. And so um, I think they're going to have the tiebreaker against the Rams. Uh, I think, you know, the the two Cardinals games, like the two Cardinals games are basically home games. It's one at home and one in Mexico, which is going to be a home game for the 49ers again. So it, it should be. Yeah, it, it definitely like, should be. And so they're late. They're, we're getting, I mean, the Cardinals look horrible now. And the Cardinals are known for making these second half like debacles and falling apart. So they're... they had two, they had two pick sixes and they still only beat the Saints by what ten? Yeah, I mean, they're they're a bad team. You're a good team. I still think I still think the 49ers are a good team. They're just like they're just in a position right now to where if they beat the Rams, they're four and four halfway through the season and then they can make a run they can make a run for this thing and i think they're going to come top of the division um so i you know this rams game i mean i believe they're going to win uh so and like i said until the rams prove to me that they can beat the 49ers in the regular season i i'm not going to pick them to beat the 49ers right i i don't blame anybody I mean, probably on TV, I, I don't know. It'll be really interesting to see on TV because the Rams haven't gotten any better. I, I, I'm not knowledgeable enough to say if they got worse, but but no, I I don't know. I really want to believe that, well, we escaped this game without any really critical injuries. I, I'd imagine D'Amador is going to be fine. Tervarius, I mean, we just, Tervarius I'm a little worried about. And um, Greenlaw I'm a little worried about, but it didn't look like it was that serious. Um we just gotta, we just gotta step up. We're healthier now than we are the last time that we played them, um, and then we get the bye week. Uh, we'll know. We're actually gonna know. We tape this on Mondays. We're gonna know by Wednesday what's gonna happen with Verrett. If you didn't know, um, or are you aware how the PUP works? Like this is the deadline for a PUP player, so we have to decide if we're gonna activate him and just deactivate him every week, holding a 53-man spot or if we're just going to send him to IR or release him. So 
this is make or break if Verrett's going to join us in the backfield, and I sure as hell hope that he's healthy enough. Otherwise, that's two years lost from this specific ACL tear, and one less man that we can have in the backfield. But, but anyway, no, I, I agree. Looking at the schedule, I really do hope and believe that this could be that step for us to get back over 500. This be this is this could be what we need. The Rams did it for us last time. We went on that huge win streak after we demolished them on Monday Night Football. But uh, but yeah, we'll see. I don't know for sure if this is going to be another Greg Olson game, but it's at 4:30, so it might. Um, yeah, that's what's going to happen next week. Uh, James, do you want to tell people where to reach out to us, uh, or do you want me to share my news I saw first, since we're a little short shorter than we usually do? Um. Go. Let me go. Let me go through the rundown. So, and then we'll we'll share your news. So, guys, if you want instant access to the show, you can go visit us at Patreon. You can support us. Um, we'd like to do a lot of things for you if if we could, um, you know, and so that we could be more in depth with football, such as PFF. I would love to get a PFF subscription just to really. I really like PFF and their numbers, but to get their premium stuff, you need to have an account. So we're hoping that our Patreon subscribers can come through. Now we have tiers. All tiers come with instant access. We have tiers little as $5. We record on Wednesday. You get the instant access right as we record uh, on Monday instead of having to wait till Wednesday. Also, we have a couple of tiers with gear and guest appearances. So check that out. Um, please help us out if you can. If you don't, we understand. But Anyway, you can help us out on Patreon. If you want our apparel, just Google Niner Nuts Apparel and go to bonfire.com. We do have that new T-shirt that we told you about on the Emergency CMC podcast. You can check that out. We have an owner's standoff shirt where they're, they got their faces are cropped onto a movie's head where everybody's in like pointing guns at each other. It's a really great shirt. And right now, all our shirts, money goes to human trafficking recovery centers in the dc area and that will happen until dan snyder is voted out of the nfl so if you go there you can donate to a good cause and you can get a cool t-shirt either vote dan out niner nuts apparel or this new owner standoff shirt that we have going on uh if you want my, to reach out my copy of that shirt is coming in the mail right now it is uh, i don't have the exact day it's going to be here but mine is in the mail and i cannot wait to wear it when we or whenever i have it when we tape next <laughs> <laughs> uh so the next next thing about it if you want to reach us to out on twitter it's uh 49er nuts at 49er nuts on twitter if you want to send us an email uh 49er nuts at gmail.com that's 49er nuts at gmail.com uh, we'd like to thank Daniel Mayer and Mayer Creative for our logo. If you leave a five-star review, we will read it on the air. If you need to write that review in an email, send it to us, and we will read it on the air, just as long as you give us a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you give us a five-star rating, send us the review. We'll read it on the air. Dan, what's the news? Well... I'd be remiss to not let the listeners know that we talked a little off mic about uh, Matt Ryan being benched permanently, regardless of how he recuperates from his shoulder surgery or shoulder injury, not, not surgery. My apologies, just a separation, but regardless of how his shoulder does. Yeah. Jim Ursay just said, screw it. No more Matt Ryan. So we'll see how much dead money the Colts will lose from that when they inevitably release him this off season. But 
what I opened my eyes for, literally 27 minutes, uh, fresh from the NFL, the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be sending running back James Robinson to the Jets for a conditional sixth that could become a fifth. Do you remember that name? James Robinson? Yes. He, that's, uh, that's, I, that's the, was that the guy that was pulled out of the game for, for a fumble? Uh, yes, he was. Yes, he was. He is getting a change of scenery. He is getting the hell out of Florida, which I don't, I don't personally blame him. Just want to throw that shade there. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's, um, he's, I'm looking over his roto uh, NBC sports edge apologies. Um, I'm looking over his little blurb here. It's, uh, he's kind of been, uh, phased out of Jacksonville, uh, especially with, uh, Itini or however you pronounce his name. Uh, Itini is pretty much the focal point for the running game. Uh, even, I mean, they barely used him when Itini wasn't playing last year, but clearly with him healthy, he's still not being looked at, even though he had a phenomenal rookie season. Um, he, I'm trying to pull it up here. His uh, his rookie year, he went 1,000 yards. Last year, he still got 700 yards, but now this year, he only has 300 right now. He's clearly not in their game plan. And because Brees Hall just got injured, I don't know, this moves kind of make sense for the Jets. And Coach Saul is a great coach. I I don't know. I really hope Robinson can turn the second half of the season around and uh, just, I don't know. I, I hope he does better with the Jets than he did in Jacksonville because they clearly didn't appreciate him. Well, I, I think it's a good move for the Jets. Joe Douglas is really good at scouting running backs. He was the one that drafted Jordan Howard um, in Chicago, who later became an Eagle and has had, I mean, he's a really good rusher, you know. And so, I mean, I know people don't know the name Jordan Howard, but he his first rookie season, he had a thousand yards rushing and he was a late round pick that Joe Douglas made, a, made that pick. So I think, this is a little under the radar move for Joe Douglas. That's probably going to, it's a low risk, high reward type of move. Uh, I know the jets are kind of sitting pretty good at where they, where they are right now, record wise and want to make a push for the playoffs. So um, this is a pretty good under the radar move by Joe Douglas, I think. Um, oh, so I, I love it. If they get the 20, what 18, three, or I can't Yep, math is hard. 2020. If they get the 2020, James Robinson, this this could be a phenomenal pickup for them to not really just be a just a minor speed bump while Brees Hall uh, recovers from his ACL tear. Which, good lord, what a you! I remember you hyping him up quite a bit when we were doing the draft episodes, and that that really uh, sucks. That really really is, sucks for him. He was he was on he was on set to be the offensive rookie of the year. That's where he was going. Like he was he was the favorite to win offensive rookie of the year. And he was my favorite to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, so, But that honor is now going to go to somebody else. I'll have to look and see who the odds are and take a look. But Ooh, little preview for next week. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yes, so I'll look into who what the preview is. You know, Maybe I can give you a, an outsider's chance of Rookie of the Year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, hopefully this works out for the Jets. And James Robinson um, definitely – I love the move, low risk, high reward. That's what you're going with here. So, um, so yeah, not too bad. I dig it. I yeah, no, I love this. I I'm very very happy for him. I felt bad after because I I don't know. I for some reason 
don't know. I know more about this than uh, even I'm surprised I know. But <laughs> but yeah, I uh, just wanted to share that since that's very, very fresh. So now with that, uh, that is all we got for this week. Uh, we'll cue the music. And yeah, let's beat LA a second time. They'll be eight times in a row in regular season if we can pull it off. Outro, outro music, River Road by Justin Newth. See you next week. Speed LA. River Road, you got me running way back home. River Road, you got me running all night long. You got me singing some canal boat song. River Road, River Road, you got me running all night long. <laughs>